Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to episode 93 of Carmudgeon. That's Jason Camisa. This is Derek Punctuation. And I'm Sam Smith. Today we're going to talk about crashing some cars, wearing pants, ladies who have magazines, and magazines who have ladies. Gentlemen? So I got us an announcer. <laughs> um, wow, he's very good. He's really good, right? Can you, can you clap for us for it? Oh my God, do you see how easy that is? Okay. Watch, you've not seen this well, I'm yet. I'm just going to, no. Okay, come on. No. What? In my defense, it was hard. I I, I had to try. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, this is indeed episode 93, whatever. That is Sam Smith. And I have questions for you, Sam. Why are you always whiny in all of your songs? Well, (sighs) the hours are very lonely. I'm not the only one. Uh, You did it. You did the Sam Smith. That is Sam, Samuel L. Proctor, Kentucky Half-Jew Smith Mm -hmm. is your full name. Yeah. Um, But uh, you are not Sam Smith the singer. You are a coworker of mine for many, 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 many years. We're very old. You have a podcast. You are sitting on the Derek side of this table, mm-hmm. uh, which tells me I like the most. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and today we're going to talk about shit. I'm going to throw you under the bus. Oh. I'm going to tell all the stories of all the cars you wrecked while we were we were together at Automobile. That's fair. You're not going to throw me under the bus. No, that's impossible. Because I'm too fat and don't fit. <laughs> I. You said it, not me. I didn't say a damn thing. Do you remember what name you and your wife came up from oh my, my gut? Oh my God, I forgot it. Can I, can I say it? Yeah. My wife, who is one of the most patient, thoughtful, kind, intelligent... Only and, reason she puts up with your ass, except and, for the and, intelligent part. And just just lovely people on mm-hmm. the face of this earth named, wait for it, named Jason Camisa's gut, Martha. <laughs> Martha hungry. <laughs> Martha wants a donut. It was pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, yeah, so that's... Well, all episode. that and more. All that and more on this episode. episode, episode. Show. Okay, well, we're done. You have, a, you have a voice for radio. You should do a podcast. I'm not wearing pants. Film at 11. Film at 11. I was, that was an opportunity for you pre, prior to the bumper to talk about your podcast. Oh. oh. You, you do a podcast. It's called? I do. Yes. I do a podcast for Haggerty. It's a limited series. We have eight episodes, one season. It's called Driven to Fail. It's about the choices we make when things go wrong. And those people that are making those choices are in cars or around cars, or near cars, sometimes just looking at a car. They're very interesting. I'm very interesting. You should listen to it. I'm okay, the talk about things going wrong. Shut up I mean, and talk about myself. Okay, we're going to the bumper now, and we're done. <laughs> Sorry, Paolo, help. Well. Basically, we can say anything we want. So you ready? Fuck. Your turn. Fuck. I don't... Fuck! Damn! That yeah. was, well done. That was full. Thank, uh, Thank so you. So we both started at Automobile Magazine in two thousand seven, six, 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 motherfucker, six. God, six. And the crazy thing is, I met you and I met my wife uh, within months of each other, and all we did was hang out, and we hung out before I was dating my wife. So, like, this whole pivotal, important part of my life happened in the same season. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I just remember us baking a lot. <clears throat> oh yeah, we used, baked and baking. Yeah. We used yeah. to go to your house and watch Alden Brown and get real stone and bake cookies. Right. Yeah, it's all Alden Brown. Yeah. He's you, my hero. You lived on that house that was falling down the hill that had like a you rented because it had a five car garage. Yes, but it was a thirty seven percent grade. Remember, I measured it. <laughs> yes. the, my favorite part yes. about that house was yes. we. The first thing I did was a, a driveway. 
the first winter I was there, we did a, a tire test. So I had three four-wheel drive midsize SUVs or full-size SUVs. One with Summers on it, which was a Range Rover. One with All Seasons on it, uh, which was a GMC Acadia. And then one with Snows on it. I, God, I can't remember what the fuck it was. And I tried to get... So you were there. You were there. So, and you, me, and Stu Fowl. So we, we went to my house. It was, the driveway was covered in snow. And I had three SUVs, three rear-wheel drive cars, and three front-wheel drive cars. And we were going to talk about the difference between all-season summers and winters. And all of the cars got stuck in the street, <laughs> except for the four-wheel drive cars. They barely could make it in the street. And I had 37% driveway. Like, perspective, perspective. This was so fucking steep, you couldn't walk up it yeah. in the snow. Like oh, it, it, it probably wet. gained a foot for every six inches it went forward at one it point. Was, it was I mean, the slope on it was insane. And that we used to take shit and get, remember how there was, some stuff wouldn't make it up, but some stuff would just carry a wheel, yeah. like the inside rear for three, so the, four feet. It was that steep. This is the crazy thing. Never buy a house that was designed and built by an architect because this guy <laughs> was a fucking idiot. So he builds this house. Ann Arbor is flat. Right, that's the... F- Some parts are not. Most of Ann Arbor, especially this neighborhood, is completely flat. Ann Arbor was built on the hill in Michigan. Okay. The one but hill the one in hill, the state. The, fl- the state is so flat, you could stand on a curb and see, like, Chicago <laughs> across the... Anyway, so this guy builds a two-story house onto this fucking unbuildably steep lot. And so it's a thousand so it's a two-car garage on each side and then and they're like a breezeway in between them and then the houses are a two-bedroom thousand square foot house for his on the right which he built for his mother-in-law who was handicapped and this is important and then he built his dream house on the left which was two stories on top of on top of the garages so uh, and that was it was the worst layout in the world like it was the absolute worst. I've never seen anything well, like it the fucked up thing you could stand on the street and if like the distance from the your head on the street to the roof of the house was probably 50 feet that's how steep <laughs> that yeah. it was but this is the joke he built a house for his mother who was wheelchair bound and the driveway so what he did was he made a U shaped <laughs> driveway but the U was so fucking steep that cars with open diffs and a lot of roll stiffness couldn't go so I remember we had an Infiniti M45 uh, long term. Yeah. Couldn't go up the driveway. It would just pick up a wheel and just sit and spin. In the dry. In the dry. Yeah. No car. I never found a rear-wheel drive car that was ever able to back up it in the wet. And front-wheel drive cars couldn't go up it in the forward in the wet. It was that steep. But the crazy thing is, in addition to this story and a half, at least, rise to get to the base of the stairs, then there was two flights up to get into the handicapped accessible apartment that he built for this woman. Well, this is exactly why he did it. Because he didn't want to hang out with his mother-in-law. <laughs> Once the bitch was in there, she couldn't ever leave because it was genuinely a story and a half if you made it up the stairs. Was, it was the U-shape and there was a flight of stairs in the center. And it was so steep that the flight of stairs was non-standard rise. It was nuts. Anyway, so we got all, we brought nine cars there for this like snow tire test. Didn't work. All of them got stuck. So I have video of me being stuck in a, in a six series, I think it was a convertible on summers. Oh yeah. And I just let it, I just left it there in drive. <laughs> it was just spinning tire, couldn't move. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, fucking, oh my God, the shit that we did. But we spent a lot of time at that house getting high. You dropped your E30 on me. Sat, that's right. My M3 sat there for months and months and months, yeah. right? Why? And then you came to work Why? on it and I was underneath it and you dropped it to, 
to go to you. Oh yeah, it was on your foot. It bent your foot in half. Yeah, you yeah. were fine. You didn't get hurt. I didn't get that. It's totally yeah. fine. No, I just remember is... you lying under the car yelling, which Ow! is like you know for different Ow! reasons, but it was yeah. great. Yeah. No, he yeah. dropped the car on me. It was yeah. A, yeah. This was a. It was quite the experience living in Ann Arbor. I did it twice. You've done it twice. You were wait a minute. So the first time you were there for two years, year and a half, year and a half. Uh, God, it seems like so much longer. It seemed like that long. I mean, here was the thing about Ann Arbor, college town. Everything's wonderful. You go there in June. And like when I moved there, it was gorgeous. Like it was green and leafy and gorgeous. And we didn't, I didn't realize that when school was in session, the population, the University of Michigan, the population of the city doubled, which meant that what was a calm, quiet little city turns into a fucking nightmare. And you couldn't get a seat at a restaurant. And then our, our parking lot at Automobile, this is how stupid David E. Davis was. Okay, we I had like this, about this. the Pretzel Bell building, this like prestigious bullshit, literally falling down brick building. Right downtown. Right downtown. Right, right downtown. smack downtown next to a municipal parking garage. And so we had to park on the sixth or seventh floor of the parking garage. And you're behind Ann Arborites, which are basically like Marinites as I've moved to the same place. Comatose. Comatose in Priuses. It would sometimes take 30 minutes. And sometimes you'd have to go in and out of the garage four or five times a day. Yeah. Because we had, you know, there were, there were 12, 15 press cars going through there every day. Yeah, and something cool would come in yeah, for yeah. lunch and we would go take, take it for lunch yeah. and be... Best case, five or six minutes of whatever. Um, Yeah, so we, and then the staircase in the parking garage turned into a frozen vomitorium. It was mostly, it was also urine, be fair. Be fair, yes, to be fair, it was urine. Because in between the Pretzel Bell building and the municipal parking structure was a bar that catered to all the college kids. And so they would throw up in the staircase. And the first time I slipped down a flight of stairs on frozen vomit (laughs) is when I was like, I don't know how long I'm gonna make it in this fucking town. Made it a year and a half. You were you stayed. I was there two and a half years, and I actually moved out to Marin. I moved yeah, out here to work for Pete Stout at Excellence. But um, God, yeah, we used to sit there. We would. Oh man, that was rough. We but were, I met my and, wife, and I met you, and I smoked a lot of pot, and we made a lot of cookies, and it was good. And now you have a podcast called Driven to Fail, and so I have to make fun of you. It's fine. I fail a lot. I drive. I fail. I, what did I show up in here today? Uh, a Lotus. A Lotus what? A Lotus Elise. How were you, how were you driven to fail in a Lotus Elise? How was I driven to fail? I remember. <laughs> I never I forget the story. Was, was it an Exige or was it an Elise? Wait, what? I wasn't there. Look, I've, if this is about a crash, I've yeah, some things. What did I crash? crash? You crashed an Elise. No, I didn't yeah, crash you did. Elise. You blamed it on Ford someone GT. else. I didn't crash an Elise. Oh, the GT was coming up next. Oh, oh we're gonna hit the GT. Oh, yeah. Good. That oh, was, yeah, that was that's a good one. But the, what was the Elise? The Elise was so. All right. Oh yeah, that wasn't technically that wasn't a crash. That was a parking lot incident. The car was total. It was a part. It was not. No, it was not. Wait, this we're talking about the one with the concrete wall, right? Yes. So here's not total. Let's say do not exaggerate. Motor Trend magazine, for example. What, are, are you going to let me tell this story? Yeah, or are you just exactly. Tell- has, a, has a tolerance level for people fucking destroying cars. So like Motor Trend has a reputation in the industry that everyone who drives a car wrecks at least six a day. Automobile was run by Gene Jennings, who was, despite, is, despite being completely batshit crazy. A wonderful person. A wonderful, a wonderful person refused to allow anyone to ever abuse press cars. Like her and thing rightly is- so. Rightfully, rightfully so. Rightfully so. This car is given to us to create content. Mm-hmm. If you're not creating content out of it, you have no right driving it. I, so I follow all of her rules to this day. Yes, of course. You, no one drives a car unless they have a reason to. You take you care take care of it as if you would if it were your own. Da da da. da. And if you had an accident, you're in fucking trouble. And oh like there was poor Jen. Like one girl got rear-ended twice in <laughs> like two months, and that was it. Press car privileges revoked one of them happened in front of the office right she was sitting still yeah but her point was to which was david e's rule is you're just attracting the it doesn't matter whether you're and, you're and to be fair that came out of car and driver right where people abused things mm-hmm. by 
almost as a rule, and not just during testing, but yeah. constantly. Constantly. Right? So, so now, if you put so much as a scratch in a car, you're in fucking trouble. Like, I oh scratched... In the year and a half I was there, I, I put a matchbox size scuff, not even a scratch, a scuff in the bumper of our long-term LS460L because... I was in the garage overnight because it was freezing, and I roll open the garage door. I roll back onto snow, not realizing that it had snowed overnight. I'm like, oh, whatever. I'll get down the driveway. It was only like quarter of an inch, and it was a, a largely flat spot on the way out of the garage. And I had to wait for the garage door to go down because often it would get like an inch from the bottom and then reverse and go back up. And I'm waiting, and as I'm waiting, I'm like, what's going on? Oh, shit, I'm sliding. And so the, the, the LS460L just starts to slide backwards, all four wheels locked. I'm in park. And I just flip, like, you know, spin around at the bottom of the, of the driveway and just scuff this little stone wall. I got screamed at for four hours. Through the door. I heard it through the door on the other side of the office. I, it she was, shut the door and yelled at you. Oh, and my it God. Was everybody it was all day. The of the building. All day. The fucking room. What the fuck? I'm like, do you want me not to come to work? You, it's your in, job to in get. Her, she was in her defense, though, <laughs> you know, you and I... We did things. We went places and had fun and did things. Okay, let me put it that so, way. So this is why I say this. I got in trouble for the one incident. <laughs> Sam had a run of two months where he wrecked oh, 75 cars. I did not. Okay, oh, so, so okay. in my defense, it was a large amount. Oh, shit, stop. stop. No, do, not, do, not, do not stage whisper to other people in the room and be like, sure. well... No, in my defense, there were there were there were parking lot incidents. There was stuff where I didn't see things. This was before I got to, you know I was I was twenty four. That's the five, thing is you were twenty something years you old. Know? So the Lotus story was oh my god. We went over to John Yanka's house. One of the guys who worked at worked at the magazine as a what we called a motor gopher, which was like you know the people who run things back and forth, go run errands, get cars washed. And we went outside, and I had given the keys to... See, this wasn't... Oh, this wasn't my fault. This is perfect. I'd given the keys to one of the other guys to go look at it. He wanted to go take it with At least it was a new thing. Open the door. It was a new thing, right? Car had just come to America. It was parked in front of this giant concrete retaining wall. I'm turning the heat down because it's 90 degrees in here. He goes out. He looks at it. He opens the door. He locks back up. He comes inside. He gives me the keys. I go outside. I never leave a car in gear since fucking childhood. I have never left a car in gear. I always leave a car in gear. 100% of the time. Because of this. You know why I don't leave car in gear? Because I grew up around... I always start 40s. with a clutch in. Uh, that's the other thing. I grew up around 40s and 50s British stuff that... I don't know. You know, random old stuff that leaks a lot. And when I was 14, Dad and I were restoring an MGA in our garage. Got left in gear. Car has a starter pull and an ignition key. So you turn the key and then pull the starter cable. Pulled the starter cable, left in gear. Boomed forward into the toolbox. And it, like, crumpled the front valance. And then we spent we spent hours fixing and respraying it, Right. That left a dent in my head, and I'd never leave a car in gear. I gave One the keys to Chris dents. Conwell. He went out. He put it in gear. I didn't check it. I went out, put the clutch in to start it. I was sitting I was sitting talking to somebody on the sill, because an Elise has a wide-ass sill, right? And remember, one thing, open. keys my, on the right-hand side, yep. you turn the key, and then the start button's on the left. left. So I had my I had my right foot down the, fe- the footwell on the clutch pedal, Looking out the no, door. No, you didn't. You didn't because yes, did. you don't even need to have the, to hit the clutch to start that car. No, I did because that was why I was sitting on the sill. Right, I was not in the car. Oh, and then shit. when I let my foot off the clutch and went to get up because I didn't think it was in gear, it leaped forward like a foot and a half and crunched the front clam. Which on oh, no, an Elise, it's a fifteen thousand dollar job. That's very expensive. So yeah. anyway, 
uh, you know, that was a bad day, but it's fine because I'm very old now. And that was so, a long time ago. That was a long time ago. A long time ago. But I, ago. The good thing is, the, ba- the good thing for us and the bad <laughs> thing for you is that I have a really good memory. I know. Because then there was a Camry that you backed over the hood of something in. No, no, no. That was a, that was a parking lot thing where I'd, I gave a car the Camry dent in a parking garage. Okay. Then there was, so this is all kept happening. We Somebody were, hit me in traffic and that was not my fault, but it was Jean. It was Jean was, was, was so the, the best part about Jean was that she was so out for fucking blood <laughs> on this whole thing that Jean was like, it was like I'm Bless never driving Bless another fucking press car. I have an E30. I have all these other cars. I don't need to do this. And she was like, "Not only are you going to drive a press car, you're not allowed to come to work in your own cars." And he's like, "But I just let me just lay low for a little while. We've mm-hmm. had a bunch of bad luck, whatever." And she was like, "She just fucking made him have it both ways." And I will never put this in perspective. This. I was so fucking scared of losing that job. I had so I got out of college with an English degree. I had a journalist minor, like I'm basically unemployable. I worked as a parts guy. I worked as a mechanic. I worked on BMWs and Porsches. And like, I was, I was not bad at it, but I was very slow. And all I knew was that if I went back into the real world, my one shot of my dream job was going to fall apart. And all I wanted to do was keep the job. First day I showed up on that job, I sat down at a desk and somebody told me to fact check something. And like, I got schooled in how to fact check things. And I remember pulling, going to the library and pulling books out, like four or five books on Maserati and an entire book on Fangio. And you sitting could have just, just asked Derek, he was there. Reading. <laughs> Hi, Derek. <laughs> I'm just reading this service. shit, sitting there at this desk going, how is this my job? Like right. a Indeed month and a half ago, I had been filing oil filters in a Jag dealer. Mm-hmm. And I all I wanted to do was keep the job. And, and she looked at me and she was like, you will do it and it will happen. And you're driving cars. And I was terrified. Yeah. And then... And RS4. then the Ford GT happened. No, no, what? no, no. RS4 was the last draw. No, I did not. You did. What happened with RS4? It was, this was, this was the problem. So wait, wait, wait. Disclaimer, on. disclaimer. This has not happened in a long, long time. No, this no, was no. a okay. long time ago. Listen, you come on my podcast. You are the second guest who have not, I haven't even bothered <laughs> making this thing. I'm, I know I have so much fucking dirt on you. I, don't, I could go on for, no, this was, <sighs> but this was, a, this was an insight to what, how, what working at automobile was like, right? Yeah. I saw you first day, and I'm like, I got to be friends with this guy. He's got an E30. He's super cool. He's a BMW so nerd. It's funny because I saw you on the first day, and you swanned into, into the office in a suit, and I was like, what the fuck is this Jersey asshole? And it turns out you weren't Jersey. It turns out you were New York. Asshole. Yeah. yeah. You were very loud, and I was like, was like, I what need the to fuck be near the, this human. Tone down the toilet water. What the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, what's your fucking problem, bitch? Um, no, but it's insight into what it was like to work in an automobile. Yeah. So here was, it was you, me, and Mark Nordelos were like the three genuine car guys and there were a bunch of magazine people and writing people and nerdy people and i didn't understand that like i didn't realize that magazines were full of people who weren't car people who were just like mm, this is the word where we have to write this and i never took a fucking english class i went to high school in germany so it was a wild experience but gene was it's a fucking force so not only were you hysterical about losing your job, but then she made you keep driving press cars and wouldn't it? It was just, she was fucking digging it in. I owe her everything, right? We, she we was both amazing. owe her she everything. She was fantastic. She, I owe But at the everything. time, I was, God, I wanted to die. Well, so my favorite part of this whole thing was we're on Automobile All-Stars route, which is uh, like 10 of us, 10 cars in Kentucky and Tennessee on these back roads, driving like complete sensible human beings for, 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 days, for days for days yeah. on end like basically like what we do but sanctioned because it's your fucking job to drive like an asshole and he was in our was an rs4 or was it the golf oh no that was a golf oh a yes golf. god i forgot about this yeah so we everybody split up into groups right gene was in one so one of the senior staff would lead one group another person in the senior staff would lead the other group and they'd go off in different routes mm-hmm. so a the police didn't find you b you didn't go blasting past private citizens at a billion miles an hour and then you'd meet up for lunch right. And I think Gene was leading our group. Gene wasn't in, wasn't our group. in it. Oh, that's it right. Because I had to tell me, her at lunch. Eric, 
And yeah. all he did was get a flat. In a, in a Mark V, a white Mark V GTI. GTI. I, can, I can still see it. All he did was get a flat. Flat tire. Kaboom. Yeah. Kaboom, you got in so much trouble. And that was like the, the end of the Sam. Oh, so God. from that point on, Sam was like, I'm not fucking driving anything. I'm going to walk to work. I fucking whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then the Babe rally happened. The Babe rally? Yeah. The That's babe why rally. you were never allowed to drive. The Babe rally? The Babe rally. Wait. So this was, Babe, babe is big apple to big easy. What did that have to do with? That's why you were not allowed. Rally. No, but that's why you weren't allowed to drive. I don't know if you knew that at the time. No, I wasn't uh, allowed to drive the limo on the Bay uh, Rally because uh, of that. Gene thought you were going to kill that us all. That piece of shit Cadillac <laughs> that had like 14 broken frame rails. and It had no frame rails. Okay, so if you, do you know the story, Bay Rally? Okay, Babe is big apple to big easy. And one of my idiot friends is like, hey, we're going to do this in a cargo van that we're like, whatever, bubble line. I'm like, this sounds like a lot of fun. You have to buy... It's five hundred dollar car, two hundred dollar car, something yeah. like that. It's to buy a shit box, and it starts in Staten Island, New York, and ends in New Orleans. Now keep Big. in mind, this was before Twenty Four Hours Lemons. This was before like all of yeah. the Banger Race series. Like this was the only thing that people the only were shit doing. box thing you yeah. could do. Gambler hat didn't happen yet. All that stuff. Um, and so you or Stewart found a nineteen eighty three Cadillac stretch limo. This was the car we roller painted, right? Yeah, well, it was black, so it wasn't going to show up well on the on the on the pages of the magazine. Oh, that's right. So we painted, we rollered it. White. Like house latex because it peeled latex. off. Like. Yeah, it peeled off. Everything peeled. The roof peeled off. We made we made a Landau <laughs> roof with duct tape because the original Landau roof was fine. This thing was such a pile of shit. There were bullets in the back of it. Bullets? Remember there were bullets in the ashtray that we found? Vaguely? All I remember is Sam was supposed to, the deal was I was traveling a lot and Sam was supposed to drive this car every day for a month just to vet it because you don't want to get in the car and drive it a thousand miles and break down constantly. Sam drove it precisely once. The day before we left, he drove it to a shop and it was like, brake busy. pedals on the floor. We have no brakes and we need to drive this a thousand miles. Guy slaps a master in it. And that's it. He puts it on the back of a tow truck. When you, oh my God, you, you towed it all How the way to San Francisco. How the hell do you remember this? Because you lost the fucking ramps. You forgot to lock the ramps down. Wait, and you get what? to Staten Island and we're like, how are we getting this thing off the fucking trailer? And so we stopped at Home Depot. No, it lost one ramp. It lost one, one ramp. ramp. <laughs> the pin went out of the, the door that shut over the ramp. It lost one ramp. The pin. Oh my God, that's yeah. right. I towed it to New York. So then we tried to back it off how slowly. Do you this? slowly. Uh, that's whole thing. I was like snorting lines at Xanax. <laughs> the whole fucking, this is the most stressful experience of my life. <laughs> I never forget Sam. Like he's like, all right, am I going to do it? And it's on this like big flatbed. Describe what we built to get the thing off the trailer. First. I don't remember. It was a it, it was, was a two by fours and like a cinder. I feel block. like it was a two by six. Give us some credit fair, here. Fair. I remember it groaning and then the car <laughs> slipping off of it and then it was three wheeling off the trailer and then we. Like, how did it? I remember well, hearing. The, I distinctly remember hearing the whole body the of the limo go. Mm. Well, and then you heard the the wood go <laughs> because the fucking thing fell. The front end fell right through the piece of wood and just went boom, 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 and just bounced six more times. Again, I was like 25. Yeah. So we did. We dressed up like Elvis. Yeah. We broke down, I think it was 43 times total. The carb had something. It was like a, a sticking valve. Sticking there was a hidden. There was, well, there were two, two problems. Number one, it was a Rochester Quadrajet and it was completely filled with sand. Okay. And then we finally, after we rebuilt it 16 times, found that guy's shop because Gene's a fucking genius and woke up in the morning and said, every town has a shop that will open at 3 a.m. to fix all the taxis. Because she used to be a taxi driver. She used driver. to be a taxi driver. That's yeah. right. And so we found a shop that was open at like 4.30 in the morning and we brought it there and they're like, holy shit. They put it on the lift and they're like, so <clears throat> it, it, it has no frame. And we were like, what? <laughs> Whoever had stretched it in the 1980s stretched it and didn't didn't elongate the frame. So the front and back halves of this it's fucking right. thing were held together with carpeting, glass, 
and the drive shaft. It was and bad. like the world's flimsiest floor pan. There was yeah. just nothing. There, there was nothing there. Yeah. But anyway, so we we did this whole drive. I never went over forty five. We got pulled over the one time. Remember, Gene was making. This is the funniest thing we've ever written. I've ever written. Funniest thing I've ever been part of. You guys should all read the. I'll, maybe we'll put a link in the description to a PDF of of the story because it was fucking hilarious. But it, Jean wouldn't let you drive, and because she's like, that one's gonna kill us. I'm gonna sit in the back with Regis. Regis, our our famed photographer who we loved, um, and Sam just ate snacks the whole time donuts or something i ate a lot of we we just took us three days but we fucking did it we made it and the the best part of that was we make it to to uh new orleans and my blackberry goes off because the ebay auction had just finished and we had i timed the auction so that around the same time we'd arrive in new orleans the cars the car would be sold and we were literally standing on the roof of the car in celebration with regis taking pictures of us and i'm like what's that Holy shit, we just sold this pile of shit. That's right, because you sold it to like a 14-year-old Fucking kid, some fetus, right? Yeah. yeah. And I was just, he just was like, we're going to drive it around. And I'm like, money. 800 bucks? What is money? How much I think it was 800 dollars. Whatever it was. And he's like, we're going to make it our mascot. Do you remember we made him get underneath <laughs> yes, the car? Yes, yes, And look at this. There's no frame. And he was like, okay, what does that mean? And I'm like, you're going to die. Like you're gonna die in this fucking thing. You need. He, so he said he was gonna bring it to metal shop, and sure he was. Yeah. You know, people I say did a lot get the f- a phone call from his father a couple days later. You know, my boy's only 14 years old, which is the kind of call you never want to get from any parent. I'm like, <laughs> no what? Jokes. The fuck are you talking no about? Jokes. No, yeah, space, no, no jokes. Safe space. No jokes. Seriously, I was scared. Sh- I'm like, what? No. Yeah. So explain the whole thing to him. He was too, super cool about it, but like. That was a fucking experience. But anyway, you were not allowed to drive because she didn't, didn't trust you. I had no and idea. Then Gene got pushed upstairs because of some stupid uh, political bullshit at work. And we got a new editor in chief. And on his first day, he took us all to lunch and let us know that he had never driven a Ford GT. And one was being delivered to the office, had been delivered to the office. So glad you remember most of this because I blocked all of it out. For him to drive. And and you, me, and Eric all said, hey, we've never driven one. Can we drive it? And he said, yes, which was how we made fun of him. Uh, yes, if you wreck it, don't come back. I remember this was toward the end of the run of the car, right? And it was it, They had just dropped the Heritage Edition. It was Gulf and Orange. I remember Gulf this. Gulf Blue and Orange, uh, yeah. I remember they, so it was in the garage. We went out to get into it. We had to back it out because the, you know, the gurney bubble and the doors, the way the doors mm-hmm. cut into the roof. Couldn't get into it. There wasn't enough room to open the doors to get in past the door. There was also not enough room to get out of it once yeah. you were up against a tree. Yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't a tree. It was a ditch. Um, oh, no. My side was up against a tree. Well, I had to climb were, out your side because I couldn't get up. What's behind me is not important. So that's all that matters. <laughs> no. So Jay and I went out, and I remember we there was one, one road in Ann Arbor that is Curry. maybe passibly one road in all of southeast Michigan, but one road in Ann Arbor that has corners. And it's where Huron River goes, Drive runs along the Huron River. And we went down there, and we drove for a bit, and there's houses and shit, so you don't do anything stupid. And then we went to a parking lot of a church, and I being Well, a, being I got out of the car because you yelled at me. No, I, so okay, the problem whoa, whoa, was, whoa, wait whoa. a second, I took a turn relatively quickly, and the fucking thing exploded sideways. And you're like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, that was not intentional. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with this thing. Then I took another corner, made the left off of Huron River Drive onto that <laughs> thing, and got it heinously fucking sideways <laughs> like really sideways and all my car control stuff hasn't got it, i had it then i was all from driving like an asshole in the snow True facts. and i caught it barely and sam is like what are you doing you we can't wreck this car and i'm sorry i have to do this to you like we can't wreck no, this car it's, it's fucking 15 years ago at this point and i'm like i know and he's like you're trying to show off and i'm like trust me i'm not and he's like blah, 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 
pull into a parking in a parking lot of a church and I'm like, hey, you drive the fucking thing. Yeah. I'm out. Eric's behind us in a Subaru B9 Tribeca. He, wait a minute, he was there? He was behind us. Wait a minute, no, no, because we ended yeah. up doing donuts in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. You did donuts, not we, me. We, I get out the royal one. Yeah, someone yeah. with my shirt on. And I was going to hop into the B9 with Eric because yeah. I was like, this car is fucked, something's wrong with the back tires. And you're mm-hmm. like, no, 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 come in. And I'm watching you do donuts and I'm like, fuck him, really? He's like, don't show off. And so then I got, got in. Oh, God, God. you're going to make me tell it. Okay, yeah. The disclaimer here is that I was 26 years old and very stupid. And that car had fucked rear tires. No, it didn't. It did. It, it did. There was not. I've driven one since. Donuts. Really? It would, no, I've driven one since. Probably nothing like there was something wrong with that car. It really? stepped out on me twice. Okay. And I don't think you knew me well enough to to know that I, when I said I wasn't trying, no, okay. I wasn't really. So there was genuinely something up with the rear yeah. of that car. So that, that church was about a block from an on-ramp onto an interstate. And it was a small, it wasn't even an interstate, it was a regional highway, just a beltway around Ann Arbor. And there was a left-hand ramp. And I think we left, hit the three, you know, Goosey coming out of the, the parking lot, caught it, hucked it into the ramp, and did like this nice little whoop slide, and then like hucked it back the other way, thinking, I am very good at this. And caught it going the other way and thought, I'm so good at this. And then I thought one more time, just for sparkles, and cut it the other way. And that was when um, some little breaker tripped in my brain, or I don't know, the devil and the angel on the shoulder packed up, put their hats on and fucking left, or my brain just decided, fuck off. And my entire, all of my car control to that, that point had been in low powered stuff with more 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 tire than motor right mm-hmm. and the the fucking lizard brain in the back of me went oh god things are going bad mad it and counter steer and you do that in a gt and things <laughs> go badly and uh then we get it looped around to the left and then the backward in a culvert next to the next to the ramp and it was there was nothing it hit a, i think it might have hit like a sapling it took out. It was nothing. It, I later found out it did about forty-five thousand dollars worth of damage because it killed the undertray, the diffuser, the splitter. It's damaged the front bumper cover and something else. The right door. So I couldn't yeah. open the right door because it was right up against a little sapling and it yeah. just dented that. There was no impact. I mean, that's the thing is we're fucking lucky. God, I'm so lucky for but a there thousand was, reasons. And I'm telling you, there was definitely. I love how you blame yourself, but there was something up. Those rear tires were ride on that car oh. um because it was was it, it was the just, donuts all I did, no 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 no. because all i did was <laughs> just asking, asking. <laughs> fact checking see this is yeah, important no it's very important I, I, I still it falls on my shoulder um, but yeah, yeah okay you're behind the wheel of a car or whatever yeah. you know I, no matter what happens it's always the driver's fault mm-hmm. but i made that little left up that that little hill maple or whatever the, i don't remember yeah. what that street's called and it stepped sideways and that was not on purpose i wasn't on the gas i just kind of turned whoa what was that and that was yeah that was my indication that like i gotta get out of this something's wrong so here you drive it no <laughs> i just remember god i remember sitting there in that ditch thinking that's it i'm gonna go back to being a jaguar You're punching yourself guy. in the face i'm going to be i've i've the, the job i've wanted my entire life i'm just everything is done it's done i'm probably gonna grow up and have like children with three eyes and live in a van by the river and it was it was see I how was wrong you are it, yeah now they have they have two eyes and i still live in a van. best writer in the business you're you have two children you have a wife i don't know why she puts up bullshit, <laughs> but she's I a pay her very saint. well she's a saint she's always been a saint um and you have a podcast called driven to fail which is why i have to bring this up the and second name check i'm very impressed with you listen this is why you're here right no you're here because you're friends yeah. we're, we're friends and derek hasn't you probably have bad stories on me, which I'm, I probably. Oh, should I want to hear Derek's stories. This is the problem. Derek doesn't have all that many. What? No. Derek doesn't have Derek's stories. He stories about better. about me or about Jay? Well, I can kick him both of you under the table, right? This is a narrow. Oh, I'm very table. far away. You do, your legs are not that long. Really? Ow! Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> fuck! 
Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, when you said that, I said, I, when I saw the, for the, 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 that the podcast was happening, I thought, first of all, it's a great name. Second of all, you have a great radio voice. And Hello. I'm like, do that again. Hello. We're going to make you Hello. do the intro after Hello. this. Um, and uh, then I thought, driven to fail, I hope you do yourself. Rephrase. I no, hope no, 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 I, no, no. That was good. That was, yeah, I like that. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I did. Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if he could fuck himself, he wouldn't be here talking to us. Uh, <sighs> um, but um, never leave the house. <laughs> there would be no need. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I thought, wow, that we've all failed so many times in this business. We've all fucked up so many times that. Well, that was that was the whole point, right? So you know, I, I have this. I have this. I ask questions and I can't stop asking questions and it gets really annoying. But for the most part, like I, the, if, if I've ever done anything right in this business, it's, it's shutting up and listening to other people, which may not be obvious now, but you know, I, I mainly just wanted to talk to people about how the choices we make when things go wrong. Right. You know, the old line is like, nobody, nobody, nobody loves a lottery winner. Everybody's really, really interesting when things go wrong and really boring when things go right. And it's very easy to be this is like reading articles about plane crashes well sort of yeah but it's more about the like the the, the idea that the <laughs> first off i do that ntsb reports are fascinating yes but really second, well researched no it's 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 about the idea that you know the, the choices we make when things go wrong when we are at our most vulnerable for what define us and most successful people have had moments where everything comes apart and then they've had to rebuild it and that moment like that's it's a limited series podcast. It's on the Haggerty Podcast Network. You can check it out on Apple and Spotify. And I just wanted to talk to people in the car business about how and why they they reacted when they had to when everything came apart and they had to stitch it back together. Because that's that's the stuff that makes people. people Give us an, a representative anecdote. Oh, God. can you do that, or so, is that oh, violating yeah. some kind of uh... non compete anti? No, this is a marketing show, right? No, this is a marketing function <laughs> within the Haggerty Podcast Network for the Haggerty Podcast. Network. He can say anything he wants. No, so perfect example. So the first episode. So again, we did eight episodes. Um, carefully select a group of people that you know a handful of names that maybe people had heard of, but for the most part, just people whose stories hadn't been told or had been told very, very, in a very narrow fashion. Uh, the first episode was a guy named Jason Vines, who was, it still is in PR, but he was chiefly a PR man for Chrysler and Ford and Nissan in the 90s. He was at Chrysler when, when the first Chrysler minivans, the tailgates were <laughs> flying open and literally ejecting children out onto the... Really? That's, no. that's what it sounded yeah, like. Yeah. Literally ejecting children out onto the highway. Um, he went to Ford, got there right at, right before the Explorer tire, tire. scandal lit off. Yeah. Um, made made choices to basically, you know, he uh, got the that that whole I was that was to, fucking awesome. I was about to say that whole thing was a podcast in itself, but conveniently, I made one. Um, no, so like this whole, it, I mean, if you can imagine, this was this was an international scandal. Two hundred year old companies at each other's throats because being Ford and Firestone, being Ford and Firestone, trying to figure out and point the blame, and both of them were intent on pointing the blame for literal hundreds of deaths because the tires had blown out. And what what ended up happening in the end was that you know Firestone ended up taking responsibility. The tires had been derated on pressure and there were manufacturing errors and a handful of other things. But one of the things that really came, that really made it interesting was that there was this whole period where nobody knew what went wrong. And, you know, Vines talked about how his whole life became this problem. And to the point where his, you know, his daughter started 
bursting into tears at home whenever the phone would ring. His dad died in the middle of it. Everything came apart. I mean, you know, there was some question whether, like, Ford would even survive it, whether Firestone would survive it. Mm-hmm. And in the end, he ended up making these calls. And he and, and a handful of people within Ford made decisions that literally saved millions of lives. And, you know, he, he caused the most stressful time in his life. But then he ended up leaving there, going to Nissan, which was on the verge of collapse before it turned around. And it just... Did it? Yeah. Yeah, I for mean, a while there. Yeah, under Carl, Carl I, mean, I was just thinking about now. Well, Gone is, you know... Yes. Snuck out of the building in a... Uh, in a casket? Cello case? It's a cello case. Yeah. It's a cello case. But anyway, yeah. to make a very long story short, you know, the, 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 the interesting part about it was everything came apart. And talking to these guys, talking to him in particular, and hearing stories of how and why, you know, they, they literally sat down and were like, all right, if we do this, people will die. And if we do this other thing, people will die. And if we do this third thing, people will die. And if we do this fourth thing, people will die and we'll probably get fired, but that's probably the right answer. He ended up getting fired for the calls he made and saved a bunch of lives. But did he get he got fired for that? Yeah, toward the end. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Anyway, on that lighthearted note. Yeah, no, no, but it was fascinating. It was fascinating to look inside of that. Yeah. I mean, I've every time I've ever worked with a contractor, I've always said the measure of a man is not what they're capable of, is what yeah. what happens when they realize they fucked up. Um, and you get, you know, this this happened a couple times over the, over the course of my life where I'm working with a contractor and I'm just watching them dig themselves deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's the ones who are like, wait, stop, I fucked up. Let's unfuck this up or call a specialist in. That are the ones that I'll work with again. Um, but, you know, you get a guy who starts tearing down a wall and the roof starts buckling and he's like, oh, just double down. No, it's not a problem. Let me just put a two by four here. And next thing you know, the whole house collapses. Um, not that that happened to me, but you know, that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why talking to racing drivers is so fucking boring because they're all concerned with keeping their jobs, right? They're all concerned with getting another ride and they never want to talk about the thing they did when everything was, was about to disintegrate. But mm-hmm. we are, the, the thing that defines us is who we are when, when you know, there's a, a blade over your neck. Yeah. yeah. But, I, you know. Anyway. Yeah. It's, re- it's a really cool concept. Yeah. So thanks um, for having me on. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, sounds very interesting. Yeah. That's Not it. as interesting as backing a Ford GT into a ditch, though. Dude, I can't. I can't believe that. That, that was. Thank God, these were the days before. Wait, so what happened uh, with your job? I kept it, Jean. So I, she sat me down in her office, closed the door, and I, I sat in the chair and I thought, okay. she was president at this point. She had yeah. been sort of kicked upstairs and promoted to this bizarro president position. And Gavin was editor in chief for. I think it lasted eleven months before they sort of put her back in. So, so she and and the crazy thing was the only reason they did that was because she was bringing millions of dollars of advertising because everyone. Loved her. Right? Everyone loves you. But yeah, she brought, she took me into her office and sat me down, and I, I I can still see her face. That she said the only reason you are still here is because you are one of the best writers I've ever seen. And then I put thank you, and she said shut the fuck up. And I went, <laughs> I went <laughs> yes, ma'am. And then I just kind of sat there in the chair, and I don't remember what happened for the next twenty minutes, but I remember walking out of that office in a daze. Like you know you know that weird feeling you get after you um, like when you stand up too quickly and all mm-hmm. the blood rushes out of your head. It was that, except it lasted about 40 minutes. And I walked down, there was a Starbucks a block away, and I walked to it, and I stood there, and I ordered a coffee, and then I ordered another coffee, and then I looked out the window, and I, I, I have not, there are a handful of days in my life that stand out as being the single, like, as being pivotal. And I, I don't think I've ever felt as lucky and fortunate and what the fuck just happened in my entire life. That was unbelievable. It was the it was the combination of Gavin saying, if you put a scratch in it, that was what it yeah. was. If you put a scratch in it, don't come back. 
And then that happening. And we thought when you were in that meeting, we were like, fuck, Sam's fired. There's just no way, yeah. and no had, way you were keeping your job. Remember, like, and, and they all they did was tell stories about the people who had lost their jobs from crashing cars. NBD. Like, yeah, or Nicholas Bassoon does. NBD. NBD, oh, yeah. yeah. Who, what was it, a Lamborghini prototype? He, so we, should, we shouldn't speak ill of him because he could be nice listening guy. to this. He's fucking awesome. Yeah. But he, uh, he had a series of crashes. It was the, the NSX prototype. And oh, then it was the, they were the two big ones were right in a row, within a month or two, NSX and Diablo. And there was only the, one Diablo. The Diablo was like a press program somewhere, and he was in the first Italy. American journalist, and then he balled it up, right? Yeah. yeah. This oh, terrifies so, me. Yeah, yeah, so well, this, is, this was the... Let me tell you, I, am, I get... Before filming anything, before we do anything, I'm a ball of nerves, which means I turn into... I usually get sick, and then I, I turn into a screaming lunatic, and the crew like doesn't know what the fuck is wrong with me, but the yeah. nerves are like, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if I hurt someone? Whatever. The Revelations episode I did on that 4GT... Anthony picked up on something totally wrong with me. I got that car from Sonoma Raceway, where I met the owner and picked it up, and drove it 15 miles here, parked it, wouldn't touch it, wouldn't look at it. We did the whole episode, and then when it came time to get up in the morning and do the back roads drive on it, I was shaking. I was shaking. That was yeah. full PTSD. I was scared to death of the car. As it turns out, this one was fine. It was really fine. But I have such unbelievable emotional scarring from that day. Yeah. Because we just thought like it's over, like his career's over. He was at of everyone at Automobile who was there. And Automobile was not just a. I never read Automobile because Automobile didn't test cars, and I wanted like you know I wanted comparison tests and data and whatever else. And so when I got there, I'm like, this is the wine and cheese magazine. With like there I was drinking my fucking wine, blah blah. I couldn't give a shit. That's a little unfair. It was stories. That was no no. no that was, was my impression. Oh, okay. but when I got there, I didn't realize having having never worked in a magazine what a the daily life at a car magazine was like. And I didn't realize there was some such a thing called magazine craft. First of all, never took an English class. Um, it shows. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're going to kick me again. Don't kick me. Yeah, like Sam you. thinks I can't write. You but, go, and what you're the right. fuck? You I mean, can't write. You're and great. you're right. No, technically, though, I can't. Oh, shut up. God, it's it was a joke. It's just the way it is. <laughs> you're just um, a joke. I'm not, look, I'm never going to be, a, I will never be all of those awards notwithstanding, I will never be a real writer in the sense Shut of a, a writer. No, I won't. You're trained. What you do is very different. You know what? what no, I did pause, pause. I have had people tell me this for, I, however long I've been doing this? 17 years. I've had people tell me that I'm not, yesterday I was just talking to a guy we both know on the phone who has a massive career doing something tangential in this business. And he said, you know, I'm not a writer. And he has literally written probably millions of words at this point in his career. And all I, I, I told him the same thing I'm going to tell you now, which is, fuck you. You're a writer if you decide to be a writer and if you decide to be good at it. You decided to be good at it and you're good at it. Whatever you do and whatever I do, it doesn't matter. Just like thank that's, you. That's all that matters. Okay, thank you. I don't out listen. there in Radio Land, if you're listening, just pick a path and try. Fuck Jason Camisa. Be no, good. please don't fuck <laughs> me. Um, no, seriously. No, shut listen. Up. I we had an amazing stuff. So as I was saying, I didn't realize there was a thing called magazine craft. I didn't realize that there was an art of making a magazine and that was what automobile did better than anyone else yeah. right we had Ru rusty rusty was my favorite person in the world so we had a fact checker and all he did was scour literally look at every 
word individually. And it would take him an hour to go through a sentence because he would start to think about, well, what, are you implying this? And he would just make the most ridiculous notes and I would be so fucking infuriated at him. But he would he was my security blanket. When Rusty gave approval on something, I knew I didn't make a mistake. And there was nothing that could be re- misconstrued as a mistake. And then Joe Demacio would come in and demaciate, as we used to call it, our, our words. And he his thing was every word had to, had to be 100% crystal clear. Comedy had to be crystal clear there was no ambiguity and i just come from getting a law degree so you have to learn how to write without ambiguity there but the standards that automobile held itself to were greater than law school so you had gene who was a master storyteller at you know in that in that role and understood the magazine craft of well this article doesn't fit in this issue let's make an issue where everything talks to each other and then you had joe demaciating your words on a granular level and rusty rusty fact-checking it all of this interplay is something I didn't know until I got there. And so automobile wasn't about like, we're gonna do zero to 60 tests. It was about what's this thing experience like. So it was a very fucking weird experience for me. But you you know, you clearly took a lot away from it, right? Oh, yeah. like one of, one of the core lessons of, of writing is just this this core lesson of communicating or making art or mm-hmm. making entertainment. And it's, it's, you know, write, speak, think to be, not to be understood, but so that you can't be misunderstood. Right, exactly. And this idea that like clarity and, and tightness and thinking about what you're producing makes sense and is and it matters. And it's, you know, that that was that was one of the reasons I loved the place. I mean, I grew up reading Road and Track and Car Driver. I wasn't a Yeah, I was Car Driver either. Road and Track, I couldn't, I couldn't get through because it was all sports and GT cars. And I just yeah. wanted to know about hot hatches and yeah. ghetto shit that I'd be able to afford one but, day. But to your point, right, about like thinking about how, thinking about what you do when you get into a car that's worth X billion dollars, right? And the funny thing is, I, I only ever get nervous on road drives. And to the point where my, my pace on a road over the past 20 years has gone from what the fuck is wrong with you to <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, I've almost become yeah. a grandmother unless the thing makes fewer than 200 horsepower. You're old now. I am old now. I have many gray hairs. They're all on the sides of my head because I look like Krusty the Clown. <laughs> but no. So, and, and the fun thing is like the other side of it. So one of the weird things was that road and track for eight years. And it was basically some cross between... Their chief track tester, I was executive editor for bid. I was a handful of things, right? But one of the things that experience gifted me was, you know, I did a track test in an Alonso McLaren F1 car. I did a track test in a McLaren F1 GTR. drove a Porsche 935, like all these things that are, you know, you, A, you make a tiny mistake, you ball, you ball it up and your entire career is over. Plus the insurance policy that you, the magazine has taken out on that car isn't an insurance policy. It's self-insured. So you hurt the thing, the magazine goes under and then the money they get from selling the fucking thing is what pays for the damage you did. Right. right? But all of those moments didn't hit. It was never, you get in the car, it's just, you get in the car and you turn on, you know, a little uh, racetrack dude boy brain and it goes away. But the, the Ford GT thing stuck with me, and it's still, I have the same the same thoughts you do in cars, on, on the road, and I, in shoots, and stunt driving. Yeah. I can't, it, it freaks me, and I'm just not, you know, it's proof I'm not an astronaut. How do you do this? So you're you're hopping in million-dollar cars all the time and driving like a complete lunatic? I try not to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we sane. have to, right? Well, no, we I mean, to. there's this huge sense of relief, right? Everyone often says, like, what a cool job, and all I can think about is just, the pleasure of handing it back unharmed. Yeah. Which is like this, it, it just washes out of you, yes. right? It's like, oh yes. my goodness. Yeah. And for a while, they're the most expensive car I'd ever drove. I crashed. Uh, and so that was... What <laughs> was it? An, uh, it was a Delage. 
1938 Delage D8. Um, was it D7 Fortunately, and a half <laughs> by the time you were done with it? <laughs> it, was, uh, it wasn't my fault, actually. Really? So that was a good one. But I mean, just, yes, it's the, anytime a car, the exposure is a risk. Anytime it, you take it out, you just something could happen. Somebody made a U-turn across my path and the car's from the 1930s. It doesn't have very good brakes. And so I stood on the brakes, but they didn't do shit. And I hit the person mm. who made an illegal U-turn in my path. You know, so best possible circumstances, right. but it's still, still at the time was, someone a, else's car. was a, yeah, a $3 million car and it wasn't mine and I'd crashed it. So, you know, it's a, it's a risk. And then of course, mechanicals also, when you worry that you've done something wrong to cause yeah. a mechanical failure, which has definitely happened to me. It just well. happened with the Lotus. Uh, yeah. sure. The Carlton. I guess. <laughs> no, we, um, just had a, we just had a mechanical with the Lotus Carlton that I did the episode on, right? It had a head gasket issue. It's, we drove it, I drove it, you drove it, it sat, I started it up and it ha has a head gasket issue. You know, the car hasn't been really driven in five years. Yeah. Um, and this is why I usually, the second we're done filming, whoosh, I can't hand the keys back to the owner fast enough. And it, I, I will not relax, I'm just a ball of nerves until that car leaves this studio. Because what happens if that light box falls on it? Yeah. Right, there's a Dino in the back over there. Right. It's a million dollar car-ish, 500 to a million, somewhere in there. If that light box falls on it or somebody farts near it and breaks it, it scares the shit out of me. And the yeah. fact of the matter is, I mean, you made this point at one point, and I'm sure you've thought about this. Like you do this, anything like this for a living, you know, you end up with hundreds of thousands of miles under the clock and a list of cars that is longer than, you know, if you printed it out, it'd be longer than this room. Yeah, I'm at 3,000, just under 3,000 cars. Just telling somebody about your spreadsheet the other day and they went, he what does, is wrong with him? He does that too. So what is wrong with us? <laughs> I, with them. I remember oh, to remember them all more automobile things. I remember like nine months in, you showed me that spreadsheet and I looked at it and I thought, ah, oh, that'd be a good idea. Yeah, I should do that. I'm, uh, I'm the right kind of animal retainer for that. And then I thought, ah, you know, it's been nine months. That's too many cars. I'll get too far behind. It's never happening. And Just, it never has. I wish I'd done it. No, I wish yeah. I'd done it. And at this point it's like, well, I could start now, but you know. yeah, I started a few years in and I did my best to reconstruct what had happened. And I think I was pretty thorough, but God, that's amazing. Yeah, it's nice to have as reference, but it's it's shocking to go back and be like, oh, apparently I've drove six of these things and I don't remember any of them, which tells <laughs> well, me it's not a very memorable that, car. What was that Suzuki Equator that we so we did we did a couple episodes where we've gone through. Paolo gets a random number generator, yeah, and he gives so it gives a cell, and we just read what's there. <laughs> he actually vomited from from surprise laughing once he aspirated then choked on and water came in his nose and he threw up it was fucking hilarious but because uh, i said something pretty offensive but um the crazy thing is one of them came up as a suzuki equator while i was at automobile yeah i don't remember it really? i don't remember i didn't even know that there was a suzuki equator i like what is a suzuki equator i don't know I don't know either. It's pickup? a pickup. It's, got it's a pickup. rebadged pickup of yeah. some kind. I think it's a. Sh like a we learned it was a. Sh yeah, maybe that or Chevrolet or yeah. something like that. I but I, whatever it was, I, we went through the list. We're like, oh my god! Not only do I not remember, there's most of it I remember, but not only do I not remember driving, I don't even remember that it existed. <laughs> <laughs> this is how long we're doing this shit right. for. I should pull up the Ford GT. Don't in my in my list. Have you driven a Ford GT since? No. Really? Would no. you? Uh, yeah. I sat. I mean, I've sat in a couple of GT40s. That's about as close as I've gotten. And I've sat in a couple of, I've sat in a couple of modern GTs and a couple of the more modern GTs, but never driven any. What was your impression of the GT when you re-exposed? Uh, I fucking loved it. Yeah. It's just such an experience. Yeah. It's so. It's one of these cars that, like, unlike almost all modern cars, yeah. which calm down and just become yes. an appliance. Yes. You are fucking violated the entire time with the noise, yes. the vibration, the yeah. ride, the whole thing. Steering, I remember, isn't great. 
It's okay dead. for a modern car. My impression of that car when I, cause most of my experience is in really old stuff. And so that car came across my desk and it was a, a modern car by my standards. And I got in and I said, oh, it's a modern car I actually like. It feels like the soul of an old car, which is I'm sure what they were trying to do. But it has that spirit of a vintage car, but mm-hmm. rendered with the sort of like, oh, it starts and the air conditioning works. And there's this button, which is the same as an F-350 because the key, key fob <laughs> is the same as an F-350. And so, you know, it... it does all this stuff that modern cars do, but under the skin, all of that sort of personality is actually an old car. So I liked it because it didn't underwhelm me the way that a lot of modern cars do. And so I, you know, and I never terrified myself. I got like a little squirrely and then I was like, ah, okay, so this is fun. So does the, so both of you, so does the spreadsheet free you up? So I end up, everything I drive, I end up having something like, like if I can see a picture of the cockpit, I can, I end up having a vague memory of the feeling and some stuff, mm-hmm. some yes. stuff ends up, some stuff leaves bigger dents than others, yes. right? Like I can put myself in, you know, car X because I loved it and car Y where it was like total piece of shit and just not really that interesting. I Fewer details stick around. But mm-hmm. since you have the spreadsheet, does that free you from logging that stuff upstairs? No, what happens is people say, hey, what do you think about X? And I'll, I'll, say, I'll recite three points. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I remember this, this and this. And I'll go back in my notes mm-hmm. and it's those three things first yeah. and then the rest of it afterwards. And there are some details where I'm like, oh, I don't remember. I like that. There was a car recently where I'm like, I don't, I didn't much care for that car. I loved every single one I drove. I can't remember what it was, <laughs> but I went back and I'm like, wait a second. I was totally wrong. I loved this car every time I drove it. <laughs> and yet in my mind, it sucked. Yeah. I don't, I, uh, I'm, I don't keep detailed notes the way that Jason does. And so it's all just upstairs and wow. I have a pretty have photographic memory. Yeah. I mean, pretty good retention of what it's like. Even, even just the stuff you've spit while we've been sitting here before we started taping. Was oh, it's, it's not God, actual, impressive. like his, he's got his own uh, open AI. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 2007 Ford GT. We drove that car on October 5th, 2006. Okay. So that was, I was 30. You were how old? If it was October of 2006, it would have been 25. Okay. Oi. <laughs> you wrote the word oi? Oi, comma, drive ended in disaster. Incredibly gorgeous. Sounds incredible. Cool, cool interior. Razor sharp reflexes and insanely fast. Felt faster than an F430. No outside visibility. Torque. Ingress and egress are difficult because of the door protruding into the roof. An awesome car, even though it's really tough to control at the limit, that needs roads Better than Ann Arbor's to be truly appreciated. Oh, snap. And Ann, Arbor, Ann Arbor knock in there, too. Ann Arbor. What about the, the other Ford GT you drove for, oh. the, for yeah. the episode? For the episode? The, the one that you actually liked. Uh, so was it, was it a heritage car? Was it a, it was a little, oh, geez. They were both heritage. Very late in the run. Uh, God, I've driven a lot of Fords. Hold on. Ford, Fiesta ST. I've never driven a heritage. Just oh, some red ones and a white one. And maybe a dark blue one. How many Ford? Okay, Ford GT. So I drove a 2006 and that was February of 2022. No notes. Got to watch the video. Notes. I, I'll have them in the script for the video, but I didn't write any notes. Or the mileage I wrote. I got to f- update that. That'll be in the script. Uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was, first of all, looking at that thing alone, I could just, I mean, we just stared at it. Anthony Esposito, you know, flies in to, to film Revelations. And he just, Anthony has this like, it's his, obj- it's his job to be observant. What he does is just stops and stares and he looks things and he, his mind goes, he's got very expressive eyes. And when his, when he's 
captivated in thought, he gets this blank look on his face and you just know he's somewhere else and he's planning a scene is what he's doing. He's chopping up, you know, different shots and editing his head and then making a list of doing it and then goes out and does it. And he walked in and I've never seen him do this before. He just sat and stared at the car for 25 minutes. Hmm. He just stared and contemplated. And every time throughout the two days we filmed that car, every time we stopped filming, he just was like in a trance looking at it and just touching it. And it's just spectacular. Yeah. It's so gorgeous. It's one of the few retro designs from that whole period that holds up in a way that doesn't, it doesn't get stale. No. I yeah. don't know why. You know why? Because it's not a, all of the other ones are caricatures. Oh, good point. Of, so even the Beetle, which I think oh, was a yeah. fantastic retro design. There's so many retro designs that are, but they're all caricatures and modernizations of it. This car is so unbelievably true to the original, which was so unbelievably beautiful. They didn't fuck it up. I yeah. mean, it's amazing that how much bigger the car is in the original. Yes. Um, but they just sort of went Scaled in Photoshop, control A plus 15% done. Um, nailed it. Nailed it, nailed it, nailed it, nailed it. That car is unbelievable. Yeah. And the more the time that goes by, the more extraordinary, the more of an outlier that experience is yeah. compared to what we are having now. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember I don't love the gearing, you know, 55 or 60 mile an hour first gear. So yeah, but it's that. supercharged and not all this power. You just, yeah. it can deal with it because it has so much torque. Did you can always that? overpower. I feel like we did that shoot together or similar times with the, with the Honda Beat, <laughs> 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 which is like top of fifth. We're at the same speed. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think it's actually top of fourth at the same speed with the Ford GT is top of first. But um, yeah, yeah it does have long gearing. Like, fucking amazing car. Um, all right, you can come back for another episode with us next week. Okay, yeah, sure. Yes. Okay. Nice. And by next week, we'll I mean we're gonna hit stop. <laughs> we're gonna hit record again because no one's changing their shirt. Nice shirt. Oh yeah. Are they still Got available? The integra- I don't know. They still might be available. The integrale wheel. That was done uh, while while I was at ECB. Um, we had a, a friend of a friend of mine just would do these amazing t-shirts and we're like oh you should do a t-shirt and he just picked the Delta integrale wheel and made the shirt. So this is what's important in this company, the integrale. Yeah. So he just, but he picked up on that on his own. He did yeah. that. He was like, "Oh, there are two deltas in there because you know, whatever." We should talk about the launch of Delta Negrali next episode because we can last, do so. Last week, I had a video go live that had a flame throwing Delta in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, guys, if you haven't seen it yet, go. Your homework for this week is to go onto the tubes of you, and you will watch my uh, icons video on the GR Corolla GR Yaris launch of Delta Negrali Golf R and Civic Type R <gasps> plus the Prius. <laughs> um, and then we'll come back and talk. And about, where do we go to consume driven? Well, to I was going to say, we'll talk about that next week. But in the meantime, you. No, thank you. If you want to check out Driven to Fail, it's on well, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, I prefer Spotify and Apple because I'm a classy individual. But barring that, it's also on the Haggerty Podcast Network on YouTube. <laughs> Which is not the classy option, apparently, by contrast. <laughs> what? The, the Haggerty YouTube Network is the classiest. He's, he, when he said he's classy, he, he left a word out. Oh. He's low classy. He's got a lot of it. It's all low. Yeah, that's the whole writing thing. It's what you say. Mm-hmm. Misunderstood. Okay. Anyway, yeah, check it out. I'd appreciate it. Thanks. Join us next week. And for more, I don't know, you usually do this. Join us next week for more car Unless we get sick and tired of the shit and don't come back. <laughs>